you Yeah, yo There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I'm behind you But always got you, end the discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a part take Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, hopping down, cause feeling's not an option and dad is not a noun, not at all. The story contained in the following auditory experience is free of sex, drug references, drug dealers, guns, gangs, pimps, prostitutes, and twerking. Although the title of this tale contains a hip-hop reference and the story largely taking place in an urban setting, this is not to be classified as urban street literature. We prefer that it be more aptly classified as hip-hop fantasy. My word is born 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 The Chronicles of a Hip-Hop Legend, Paths of Grand Wizardry. Written, produced, arranged, and narrated by D.D. Turner for the Turner Scribe Publishing Group. Original music composed and produced by The Passion Hi-Fi for Evil Twin Records, UK. Kwame Harris for Successful Tones Publishing. Kyle Owens for Impact Records, Fresh Air Management. I now give you the Chronicles of a Hip-Hop Legend, Paths of Grand Wizardry. Chapter 6. The putrid smell of burning rubber abruptly broke Chris from his several-second episode of resolution exploration. He peeled his eyes from Stock's position and glanced over to see the scorched flesh of HBX-1 melting away from his titanium endoskeleton. With the Deathwave microphone in hand, Dahlia pressed a button on the side of the apparatus to release what appeared to be a rubber line. The line boasted a high-gauge thickness and had a surface that was fully covered in short, slender, metallic spikes. Dahlia tore her forearm back and swung it forward as she were a major league pitcher, releasing a fastball off of the mound. The tip of the high-gauge line interrupted Chris's trap, and within an instant action, HBX-1 was free from the electrocuting stronghold. 
His blistering frame shook for several seconds, and then... He connected with the floor like a weighted two-by-four. What happened? Ain't you supposed to be tough as an overcooked ribeye? Nobody should ever get the drop on you. I'm dropping mucho scrap to keep you maintained. Get up, sap sucker. Feedback barked at the floored HBX-1. To those who were unfamiliar with the relationship, it appeared that the evil boss man Feedback would burst into unjustified fits of rage when it came to the clumsy episodes of his mechanical strong arm. But the truth of the matter was that Feedback considered his tin-can homie to be his number one ace. Perhaps this was because HBX-1 never questioned motives, never trotted in the footsteps of defiance, and most certainly never took a contrary position with reference to the decisions of Feedback. Unlike Dahlia, HBX-1 was a puppet that always found the direction of his next step to be provided by his escrow boss. Feedback loved the adorning feeling of being in control, and HBX-1 and the other several dozen HBX cyborgs consistently and unknowingly provided him with the joystick. The crowd remained in their collective state of mental paralysis during the course of HBX-1's electrically charged incident. Their eyes stood in a state of eerie stillness, and their collective position still resembled the formation of a platoon preparing for battle. Chris made his way back to the Honorable Stock One and provided his shoulder as a crutch. You're not looking too good, Chris remarked, attempting to find a respectful entry point to ask the quivering Stock about his return home. It <coughs> looks worse than it feels, Stock remarked pooling together what little strength he had remaining just to speak. <coughs> the act of transition is undoubtedly inevitable. And while we don't commune with fate during the schedule of our existence, we come to understand that the very act of this transition is our opportunity to greet our fate. We just don't know how she is going to present herself. <coughs> Stock remarked like a true prophet, and in an absolutely exhausted breath, he finished. We have to just live our life and make it worth something before she comes. <coughs> Chris was perplexed. He wasn't sure what the age B-boy was talking about. What he was sure about was that he'd much rather be rewriting his previously submitted A-graded 10-page paper on the effects of advanced oxidation as a result of exacerbated weathering for his advanced placement chemistry class instead of buckling under the shifted weight of stock. Who did this, Dahlia? How somebody catch us with our pants down? The entire freaking club is under the spell. We got their minds. The chicken-hearted sucker stock is in the back with his chest in his hand. Who else is there? Feedback screamed, attempting to arrive at a reason for the HBX-1 mishap. At that moment, the eyes of Feedback widened behind his oversized, solid gold-framed glasses. His eyes surveyed the room from left to right as if they were following a pendulum. Wait a second. Just hold on a freaking second. Where's that kid? Feedback asked of himself. He broke through the stilled crowd like a wrecking ball bursting through a condemned building. Dahlia, where's that little turd that was here with stock? Feedback asked. How am I supposed to know? I was doing a conversion. How come you didn't keep an eye on him? 
Dahlia brashly responded. Typically, Dahlia's less than respectful response and rage feedback, but today, at this very moment, he had bigger issues to deal with, and he knew that it lingered in the club. Yo, stop! Where's your little teenage turd at? Let me holler at the young blood for a second. I just want to talk to him. Feedback yelled out toward the direction of the club, where he last saw a stop. Chris and Stock remained concealed by the darkened confines of their position. Stock, I need to address this cat. Can't this chain help me do that? Chris asked, attempting to seek the advice of Stock. He figured that if this were in fact a dream like it had been over the past several nights, it would behoove him to bang it out with feedback in his goons. I mean, after all, it's only a dream, right? Right, right, right Chris right, asked right, of himself. Right, 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 right. But something felt different about this experience. It felt real. When entering the club, he could feel the relentless bang of the speakers rattling his body. He could feel the weight of the chain medallion pressing on the back of his neck. He could feel the heat generated from the body of HPX-1 when it burst into flames. And lastly, he could still smell the wretched stench of HBX-1's burning flesh traveling amidst the stale club air. But still, dream or no dream, something needed to be done. Tell the fathers I, I failed them in the cause. <coughs> it wasn't my intention for these people to get their love of the culture stolen, Stock exclaimed, continuing to recycle the little energy that remained. Just stand still and take it easy. Don't talk. You need to save your energy, Chris responded, feeling a sense of compassion for Stock. The charred frame of HBX-1 released this last bead of smoke when Dahlia provided his disheveled frame with just enough support for him to return to an upright position. The inflamed, faulty outlet remained searing and started to produce a viscous dark smoke that was accompanied by the smell of scorching rubber. The thick smoke embodied a virtual stamina. It moved with a precise exactness and navigated around the neatly graffiti bomb support pillars like a skillful race car driver negotiating the deep turns at a super raceway. Kissing each ceiling panel with an uninhibited progression, it eventually found itself brought to a halt when it met the perpendicular wall position on the opposite side of the huge room. The thick sheet of darkened haze gathered against the wall and eventually trickled down to the sprinkler system alarm. It was a mere couple of seconds before the club was inundated with a veritable rainstorm, creating massive puddles of water on the floor. Even though he was soaked, the presence of the fire-stomping showers just reinforced the evil nature of feedback as he splashed through the accumulating sheets of water with a devilish grin. He paced back and forth in his drenched, red suede ballet shoes, and the awkward twinkle in his eyes bellowed cockiness as well as a blatant disregard for the views and well-being of others. Yo, stop! You enjoying the water, sucker? Feedback posed the empty question. And as if the showering mineralized tap water contained some sort of rejuvenating elixir, the Grand Wizard stock one sprung from his hindering slump and made himself visible to Feedback. I've already addressed you about approaching me sideways. You better chill, word up. Stock spoke in a strong and renewed voice. My bad, homeboy. I forget that you tend to be on the sensitive side. Feedback replied with a disregarding remark. The only thing that's sensitive on me is my ears, especially when it comes to that garbage you be spitting. 
using one of the elements of my culture to overtake the mental of the very same people that it represents? Hey yo, you're making a mockery out of my beloved hip-hop. Now check it out. Why don't you and that chick reverse this spell so that my people can bounce? Requesting to stop. What? Do I look like a sapsucker to you? I own these people now. They're fighting for my cause, so step off. Feedback angrily replied, all the while talking with his hands as if he were a melodramatic pimp from the 70s. Dog, I'm trying to give you a pass on this one. I suggest that you and the goon platoon get to step or else. Stock said, affording feedback one last chance to undo his mind-controlling escapade. An enraged look overcame feedback. His brow became wrinkled and the corners of his mouth curled upward. My own daddy never gave me ultimatums, and you're trying to give me one? Your cabbage must be drowning from all this water, Feedback exclaimed while maintaining his angry disposition. The elevating water levels reminded both Stock and Chris that they stood amidst an indoor monsoon. Everyone in the club maintained their state of hypnosis, for the exception of the hip-hop advocates and the HHD goon platoon. The previously tossed DJ remained unconscious, and quite frankly, was better off this way. On the real feedback, I ain't trying to be your pops, but if I were, I could guarantee that you'd be a lot better looking. Tell your mom to come holler at the guard. Maybe it's not too late to work on fixing that problem. Stock provided the clever response, causing Chris to snicker almost uncontrollably from behind the curtain. Hey everybody, it's your boy Jay Rich. You know me, Spider-Man, all day, every day. Check it out. I'm making another game. Alright, so we know about my other game. VT Heroes, right? Deck building, fighting card game, 1v1, all that dope action. I wanted to change the genre up and see if I could do something else. So, I decided I wanted to get into the realm of shooters. You know, like Call of Duty, all that kind of stuff. But I want to turn it into a card game. Halfway! My crazy behind came up with Rival Aim. Yes, this is a 2 to 10 player arena shooter. Now, check it out. You have melee attacks, ranged attacks, you have common loot, rare loot, legendary loot. You can run away, you can take cover. There's even a nuke. Let me stop myself right there. There's even a nuke that can kill almost everybody. I just took all the logic behind shooters and I put it to the simplicity of Uno. Wow. Crazy. There's going to be only three tiers. You can buy the game, you can get the game and the shirt, or you can get our super combo package where you can get the game, the shirt, a copy of VT Heroes and a VT Heroes shirt. Now that right there, that's just, I mean, come on. Help a brother out. Wait, you're hiding that little sucker? Feedback inquired angrily. He's not hiding anybody. I'm just trying to keep my food down by not looking directly into your busted mug, Chris joked as he made reference to the face of feedback. The little waterhead sucker is full of jokes. You know what? I'm sick of playing games, replied feedback. And without any warning indicators, feedback beckoned the uprising of a large puddle of water with a simple hand motion. 
The water stood upright and initially resembled nothing more than an extremely large, transparent blob. Within a split second, the blob-structured water heap morphed into a towering being. It bore razor-shot metallic teeth while the remainder of its body maintained the hydrated composition. It hunched back like a massive catapult and released a ground-rumbling growl. What the? What's that? Chris frantically inquired of Stock. That's Osra, Stock replied, barely removing his eyes from the colossal being. In an unknown dialect, feedback bellowed a command-driven statement intended for the exclusive listening of Osra. Osra reared back a second time and transformed his malleable existence into what appeared to be a hovering arrow. At a rate that could quite possibly rival the speed of sound, the now-transformed Osra penetrated the chest cavity of the newly re-energized Grand Wizard Stock 1 and found its exit through Stock's back. Chris's rear-right flank position from Stock provided him with just enough time and space to dodge the deadly blow of Osra. Just barely missing the left arm of Chris, Osra forcefully crashed into the wall and created a massive splash of water before returning to the accumulating pools from which it was birthed. Stock stood gasping for air, looking and probing at the dangling tattered flesh that lay on the bordering circumference of the cannonball-sized hole that occupied the center of his abdominal cavity. Now almost completely void of life, his stiff, towering frame fell backward towards the floor as if it were a heavy iron pole under the unforgiving force of gravity. The increasing water created fierce outward-traveling riptides as his close-to-lifeless body hit the club floor. The water mixed with floor dust and debris came to create a murky byproduct, which had come to cover the body of stock, leaving his face uncovered. With an odd tranquility, he slowly rotated his head toward the position of Chris and partially raised his arm above the glum shade of the murky water. The left-drawn wrist cuff of his jacket now disclosed a skin branding that matched the very same awkward image that was represented on the medallion hanging around Chris's neck. Stock slightly rotated his left arm to bear the permanent mark to Chris. Logo. Jane. We'll get you home. Stock weakly expressed, unable to bring the full scope of his last thought to words. What? Stock, what? Chris asked of the now-expired Grand Wizard as he pushed and pulled on Stock's lifeless frame, hoping that he would shake life back into the aged b-boy. Get up! What about home? Chris continued ferociously. Suddenly, right before frantically pulling and pushing Chris, the deadened eyes of Stock began to take on a blackened appearance, which quickly morphed into a powdery residue. The immediate presence of a warm and intimate lavender-scented breeze whisked over the hands of Chris to overtake the lifeless face of Stock. Amidst the invisible strands of the lifelike breeze, the powdery particles of dust that lay in Stock's deadened eye sockets came to be intertwined as they were lifted and carried away into the darkened and watery squall of the club. Chris was left in awe. While he never experienced a dead body in real life, he was sure that eyeballs didn't disintegrate, at least not immediately following death. Hey, Waterhead! <laughs> Feedback called out to Chris, 
all the while laughing at the coincidental nature of the name he just called the teenager. Chris remained crouched on the floor with his back up against the wall. He started to feel the pressure of being inundated with the evening's events. The burning of HBX1, the hypnosis of the innocent people, the death of stock, the water coming to life, and not to mention not knowing how he was going to get home frazzled his mind. You feeling my man? That's Osra. His name stands for Opposition Through Systematic Rugged Aquatics. Truthfully, I don't even know what that means. Minga came up with it. But something tells me that you know what it means. Huh, you little egghead sucker. I pulled your card. I know you're one of those intellectual type suckers, just like the rest of them at the BBF. Feedback violently called out over the sound of the cascading droplets of water as he swept his eyes from side to side to catch the position of Chris. You're lucky you weren't standing right behind that sap sucker stop. Your frame would have been chewed up too, he remarked as a subtle hint of regret held firmly onto the coattails of his statement. Listen, pardon the bad joke. I'm just trying to bounce. I don't know what's going on between you and Stock and his crew. As far as I'm concerned, that's business that I don't need to be involved with. I just want to get back to my crib, Chris respectfully expressed. Go home? No, no, no. There's no going home. Stock is gone, and from what I hear, you the new funny-looking sucker that's taking over. Feedback returned. Taking over? Taking over what? Homie, I'm a teenager, not some golden child that's... Chris responded before being interrupted. Shut up! I hate when suckers try and play me. Like the word Xbox is written across my forehead. You know what? Let's make this easy. Just give me the chain and you can bounce. Feedback reason. Don't take this the wrong way, but I don't think I'm supposed to do that. Chris conveyed the feedback while thinking about how sacred the chain appeared to be. While he wasn't completely sure of what it represented, he knew that it was something rather significant and it wouldn't be the best decision to just give it up. The defiant nature of Chris's answer enraged feedback, which was evident by his throbbing jaw muscles and pulsating temples. You know what? I don't have time for this. Feedback remarked under his breath in an exceptionally calm manner. He caught the eyes of Dahlia, who still maintained her position with HBX1 at the DJ station, and made a gesture that signified the slitting of a throat. Dahlia nodded her head in agreement, and Feedback returned to the now water-soaked stage. One, two, three, three, two, one. It's Feedback on the mic as the dapple one. I might be wet, but I'm all so clean. So take this order from your man, Big Feed. The little waterhead in the back with that ill chain, have him run it because he's nothing more than a turd stain. On the Egyptian cotton sheets of Feedback, and that's whack. So when I'm done with this rap, go cop that chain and push his wig back. Feedback recited yet another one of his less-than-decent raps in the form of a command to the subdued crowd. In a collective motion, the crowd pivoted on their heels to face the position of Chris. Chris began to frantically scramble from side to side, searching for exits, hidden or otherwise. But his search proved to be unsuccessful. He tugged at the hinged jaws on the dual faces set on the BBF medallion's front hoping that an orb of some sort would release as it did previously in his dream. What? Who won it? Word to my mother I'll throw hands with any of y'all. Back up! He roared to the mind-controlled crowd. 
In a matter of seconds, Chris felt himself being rushed. He managed to shake loose and land several punches, but the rate in which the crowd swarmed his position proved to be too drastic for his defensive return. Get off me! Back up! Chris expressed violently, attempting to shake loose the crowd. Amidst the chaos and punches, he noticed a hand from one of the foes aggressively tugging on the chain. Fortunately for Chris, the solid composition of the link made it appear almost lifelike by exhibiting an unwavering ability. It simply wouldn't budge. With strength like this and a level of tension that it draws, this thing must be able to get me out of here. Stock did say something about it before he died. Maybe if I just tug on it, it'll get me out of here. Chris wondered quietly to himself. He commenced to tug it, prodding, rotating, and flipping the medallion, but nothing proved to be successful. He violently peeled the multiple hands away from the chain and medallion, but the minute he managed to get two off, an additional four to six would take their place. Maybe the medallion fulfills orders. I'll just hold it in the palm of my hand, squeeze it tight, and say what I want, Chris rationalized, hoping that this approach worked. Take me home, Chris beckoned. Within several seconds of the release of his statement, each member of the ferocious crowd became encapsulated by a bright, piercing light. The light started under the soles of their feet, causing the massive pools of water to light up while traveling up their bodies. Suddenly, Chris began to feel woozy and weak, and it wasn't much beyond this point that he found himself tipping over face-first into the murky waters, much like the way Stock fell. His body suffered from paralysis, He couldn't move, not even to place his hands before him to brace his teenage frame for the gravity-driven impact. The water is getting close. I can't move. I'm going to drown. I should hold my breath. Hold your breath. Hold your... He spoke unto himself until it was no longer possible. And then... Chris's frame connected with the water and spawned an impact similar to a sack of bricks being tossed into a shallow pond. Whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you Here but that I'm behind you But always got you Hinder discussion Nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world Until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you Fully loaded, prepare you For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still in all, give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them Along with my crown And since the baton was passed, I've been down Cause failing's not an option And dad is not a noun, not at all my message to any dad, man, first off, know that, yeah, it, it is a hard job, but it's the greatest job in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't change anything about it. 
everything you're doing from here on out. If it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.